I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Open the pod bay doors, now. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Cinemates. My name's Michael, a podcast where a bunch of mates chat about cinema over some drinks, as well as the 28th best film and TV podcast in Australia. So today we've got an awesome episode. I'm joined by my mate, Angus. Angus, thanks for coming on. How are you? Yeah. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. I'm good. No Um, worries. Yeah, keen to get into this. Welcome. Glad to have you. Uh, So we've got some Moondog Lagers. This isn't an ad, uh, but just thought for disclosure of what we're drinking today. Uh, We'll be unpacking the newest Marvel release, Eternals, directed by Academy Award winner Chloe Zhao and starring an insane cast. So let's get into it. And I just thought for some context today as well, uh, me and Angus are huge Marvel fans and we've seen a lot of the Marvel movies together over the years. And so, we've seen this one together too. Absolutely. So would have been sacrilegious not to do this one together. Uh, so we're going to be breaking it down. And as we did in the first episode, we like to start these podcasts with a bit of a question game because, uh, you know, everyone's got different tastes and preferences with cinema. So um, we like to see what people like to watch and get a, a bit of an understanding of, of their uh, views on different things. So uh, first to start off with a few divisive questions about different uh, TV shows and movies and then into some more deep questions. So Angus, let's get straight into it. Uh, probably spoiled the first answer already. <laughs> but It's a no-brainer, of course. <laughs> it's a no-brainer. Marvel or DC Comics? Marvel, full stop. <laughs> I don't think I've watched any DC productions for about two or three years. Really? Yeah. You haven't seen like Justice League or anything recently? I think I watched, um, I haven't watched Zack Snyder's cut. I watched about an hour of the original, mm. turned it off. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Well, that's fair enough. I think watching all the Marvels, I'm, I'm a hard critic. You know, once you've seen those, DC's got to do something amazing to back, back themselves up. Absolutely. Great point. I think it's obviously hard to top Marvel because they've obviously done really well. Um, so, fair enough with that answer. Next question UK office or US office? Uh, another pretty straightforward answer for myself. Uh, it's going to be the US office. Uh, I'm not a massive fan of Ricky Gervais, so <laughs> I can't really uh, watch him on screen. So, I'm going to go with US. 
Okay, that's fair enough. I think uh, obviously there's some UK office listeners who would be pretty angry with that, mm. but um, you know, US office obviously so easy to binge. So yeah, I'll stick by stick by my opinion there. Nah, fair enough. Uh, next question: Simpsons or Family Guy? Um, look, back in my childhood, I would have watched these quite a bit, but now I'm not not too much of a massive fan of either one. Um, I would say that if I flicked on the TV and both were an option to put on, I'd probably go with Family Guy. Fair enough. I think, you know, obviously you can kind of grow out those sort of shows, but, um, you know, they're both they're both great during your childhood. Uh, next question, Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter? All right, so I'll say this about Lord of the Rings, an amazing score of music, storyline really encapsulates you, um, but I'm going to go with Harry Potter. Um, it's what I grew up with. You know, I think I've watched all eight of them about probably six to eight times through. <laughs> And, um, yeah, I'm a complete addict for it. And with the 20-year anniversary coming up as well on HBO, very keen to watch that. Yeah, 100%. I think both series are, like, very easy to just marathon through. Oh, you know, absolutely. They're always on TV and they're in quick succession. I think literally last night uh, there was a Lord of the Rings uh, marathon on Foxtel and I smashed it. I couldn't leave the couch. Um, but Harry Potter is really good. So, you know, definitely one that is very hard and that anniversary will be great to watch. It's a rainy day out there today as well. So perfect for Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings, either or. 100%. Great for a Sunday. Never leave the couch watching in darkness. Uh, next question. <laughs> Friends or how I met your mother? Um, so during our lockdown in Sydney, Australia here, I I binged through both of these pretty quickly. Okay. Yeah. And um, I'm going to give the edge to How I Met Your Mother on this one um, based on the fact that I think it's more rewatchable for myself. Um, mm. You relate to the characters a bit more because it's, you know, in our time. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, we are similar ages to the what the friends were as well. Um, but I've watched it about four or five times all the way through. So, and I think friends only twice. Nah, fair enough. Great answer. Uh, so now into the deeper ones. First question, most memorable movie that you've seen in cinemas? Um, well, especially I go to the cinemas like mostly to see Marvel movies, to be honest. <laughs> uh, and then whatever today. else is on, you know, um, you know, month to month if there's a, a good release. Um, but I'm going to say being a massive Marvel nerd, Endgame would definitely be my most memorable. For sure. Um, you know, all the build up towards it through, you know, 2021 20, movies. Um, to the death of Tony Stark, um, gave me <laughs> tears, chills. Yeah, massive spoilers. But if you haven't seen it already, you know where have you been? Yeah, no, definitely. I think absolutely could not agree more. You know, all that, all that build up of all these different storylines, all these different characters that literally have come out and grown as we've grown older. So mm. literally. Avengers Endgame is one of the few movies that I've ever cried to, so I'm with you on that one, and it's an absolute cracker. I still cry. I've seen it about four or five <laughs> yeah. times, and I'll still tear up. <laughs> Every end. time. Yeah. The portal scene. So good. Um, next question, fastest TV show binge? Hmm. Okay, yeah, this is a really good question. I would say I binge most of my TV shows. You know, yeah. once once I'm hooked, I'm hooked. Um, so I'm a notorious binger. Um, most of the time, if they're one season long, that's when I'll binge it all in one day. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. recently it was the um, the Squid Game series that I, I just couldn't turn off. Oh, Squid um, Game. It took me a while to get into it, a couple yeah. of weeks, um, but people convinced me and, yeah, one day and it was done. For sure. It's so good. And, like, it, it's always those shows that you least expect that, like, you get recommended and you're like, oh, why is this so good? And then you just can't 
Yeah, a good it. recommendation from someone is everything. And, you know, once you set set down to, to watch it, then, yeah, it's over. For sure, definitely. Next question, a movie you think everyone needs to see? Mm, okay, um, we've we've talked about this at length, I reckon. We've both got our lists. <laughs> uh, my brother has his list of his, uh, you know, top favourite movies. Mm. And that's always changing as well with new ones coming out. Um, so I'll just whip, whip out a couple here. So Goodwill Hunting, one of my all-time favourites. Whiplash. Nice. Um um, with J.K. Simmons and Miles Teller. Miles Teller, I think, is a massively underrated actor. For sure. Um, Dead Poets Society. And um, if you're a sports fan like myself, massive into basketball, Coach Carter. Uh, it's, it's a young movie, young Disney movie, but I reckon I've seen it literally 20 times in my life. Coach Carter's great. It's like something that you would see like on a rainy day at school. And then it's just also so good. Samuel Jackson at his peak. Uh, those are some crackers as well. Uh, last question. So... Uh, TV show that you're watching at the moment? Yeah, so um, when you sort of sent me these questions through and I just reviewed them, um, I had begun Stranger Things. And as I've just told you, I'm a notorious binger. I finished it this morning, um, nice. all three seasons in about in about five or six days, I think. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was How recommended to me. How long is each episode of Stranger Things again? <sighs> 45, 50 minutes. Oh, and then man. the last one today was an hour, hour 20. Oh, Stranger Things is great. I think I was quite late to it as well, um, but it's so good. And season four coming out, yeah. uh, I think next year. So Middle of next year, I think summer for them. Yeah, I think States. that'll be really good. To the listeners out there who haven't seen Eternals, which is what we're going to be breaking down today, Angus, what would you say about the movie in one to two sentences? Yeah, um, I sort of went into this movie with high hopes um, just because I thought it was going to be a really cool concept. Um, sat down to watch it, two-hour movie, mm. and I would say the action sequences are amazing. You've got um, you know many different characters with many different powers. Um, the on-screen presence of each Eternal was strong. For sure. Um, however, the flow of the movie for myself was a bit jumpy. Um, you know, they have to squeeze um, a lot of backstory in for 10 eternally aging characters. Mm. Um, so it's hard to make a strong connection to them when you Definitely. don't have, you know, say all these origin movies for each one of them. Um, so I thought it was a little bit rushed, um, but, you know, all in all, I think it, it was a good movie to see with your friends and the storyline is there. Um, but, yeah, hard to make that connection once, you know, I've sat in Marvel movies and made connections with characters over, you know, five to eight years of filming. Definitely, definitely. I definitely agree. I think it was really good. It was entertaining. Um, it's obviously one of the first kind of phase four Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was good to kind of have that cosmic element again. But yeah, I do agree. There was a lot to get through. So it was, it was a bit rushed. Um, and we're going to be pack, unpacking that uh, shortly with kind of the best and worst parts. But definitely go see it if you haven't already. So now we're going to break down the characters just quickly because there obviously are 10 uh, Eternals and a few other side characters that really make this film. So we'll just quickly introduce each of them. So uh, first off, we got Icarus. He's kind of like a Superman equivalent. Uh, he's played by Richard Madden. Uh, next, we got Cersei, who's one of the lead characters. She's played by Gemma Chan. We've then got Thena, played by Angelina Jolie. Obviously, mentioned before, it's a massive uh, ensemble cast. Next, we got Ajax. She's kind of the leader of the Eternals, uh, played by Salma Hayek. And she's kind of a bit of a crucial figure in not wanting to uh, humanity to be interfered with um, and kind of is that middleman between 
uh, the Celestials and uh, the Eternals. She's sort of the communicator between the group and, yeah. you know, the almighty Celestial Arisham, which Michael will get into in a second. Yeah, for sure. So, um, obviously, you know, if you have come this far, you, you, we're assuming that you've seen Eternals. So, Arisham is a Celestial that kind of guides uh, the universe, we'll call it. Um, and leads the Eternals uh, throughout different planets. So Ajak is that middle person with Arisham. Uh, next, we've got Druig, played by Barry Keegan. Uh, he is able to kind of control minds, uh, really interesting character, um, and he kind of wants peace. But um, Yeah, he's he- very torn with, you know, what they're doing, uh, yeah. you know, on each planet where they think it's their first planet of, of doing what they're doing. For sure, yeah. Uh, next, we got Gilgamesh, played by Don Lee. Uh, his powers are like being able to punch. Uh, he's kind of like a strong, hulky kind of guy. Um, and then uh, we've got Sprite, who's played by Leah McHugh. Um, she's able to kind of create illusions. Um, and she's also in the form of like a teenager. Yeah, about 13, 14 years old, I'd Yeah, say. but lived for like thousands of years. Yeah. Um, so that comes into the plot later, which we'll get into. Then we've got Kingo. Uh, played by Kumail Nanjiani. Uh, he is <laughs> probably the funniest element of this movie. He also plays like a bit of a Bollywood actor. I, I disagree with that. Um, okay. We can get into we'll, that later. <laughs> we'll debate that later. His valet is called Karun. He is a human uh, assistant for Kingo. Then we've got Makari, played by Lauren Ridloff. Uh, Fastos, played by Brian Tyree Henry. He's like a kind of the intelligent one of the group. And he, and he provides the, the human race, I'd say, with, with many inventions over the years. So it shows how they sort of influence um, humanity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that also kind of comes to his downfall um, when he introduces like the know, nuclear weapons bomb. and the nuclear bomb. Anyway, so they're the characters. There's obviously a heap and it's it's hard to be able to really develop each of them in two hours with all of them you know, going on. So uh, let's just break it, uh, break down the best parts. So firstly, I thought the cinematography in the filming was so awesome. Like obviously Chloe Zhao um, won the Academy Award for Best Director for Nomadland and she has a really cool style um, and it really provides a, a really emotional element to the plot and the characters and I thought that that filming was really cool. Um, you know, there were some awesome scenes, um, awesome set Set pieces. Oh, the um, sets were amazing. Yeah, like it, it's um, you know, they were traveling. back in they were back in Babylon. Um, yeah, I can't remember the year. Maybe like four hundred something BC. Mm. Um, and that that set, which they weren't even there for that long, but it it was amazing. Um, I don't know if they built that set or if it was you know CGI Video. enhanced. Yeah, but, wow, very cool. Um, and so I think another another key part that they did well was introducing us to the Eternals and the like cosmic nature. Um, of celestials and how they, um, you know, are seeded within planets and then need life to be able to uh, be born. So I think that that element was good within the movie, but... Um, yeah, it gives us a bit of background to what these yeah. celestials are, which, like, you know, Marvel has sort of touched on in previous films, but just they've just been like these, these big, massive, like, you know... Um, immense powers that are off in the cosmic space and you don't really Mm. know much about them. Yeah, exactly. And they did have a lot to get through. So that was obviously an obstacle with the movie. Now let's get into just some like cool characters and cool scenes that we thought. So as we kind of mentioned earlier, I thought that Kingo was 
very funny. Like he was this kind of neutral character, but also provided some comic relief, which obviously was needed. Oh, I thought it was needed, you know, having to provide all that exposition about these new characters that we didn't know. So Kingo, you know, he has a, a good relationship with the other Eternals um, and he has his valet Karun. I thought that he was really funny and always brought some energy. You know, some jokes were a bit off, which we'll get to. You know, sometimes jokes were a bit misplaced and kind of ruined a bit sometimes of the Sometimes not needed. You know, yeah. I, I do like that comic relief aspect, yeah. but it's, it's overplayed sometimes as well. And um, in this movie, as well as the other release, Shang-Chi, um, there was um, Shang-Chi's best friend. She was comic relief and mm. she, it was just overdone, I think. Yeah, I think. And that's something, you know, Disney can often do or Marvel. Um, but I thought that he was he was still really good. He did, yeah. He did bring you know the fun element of all these ten Eternals mm. sort of seemed like a family, and you know they have inside jokes with each yeah, other. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and then I think um, you know Druig was a really interesting character. What did you think of Druig? Yeah, so when I touched on you know how the the fight scenes impressed me um, and the action scenes, um, he sort of left the group um, after their period in Babylon and a fight they had there. Um, and, and he was torn with what the group was doing. He doesn't want, you know, the human race to be fighting at all. He wants peace, but mm. it's sort of in any way possible. Yeah. So he's actually been hiding away. Um, in It seems like it's the Amazon jungle. Yeah, I think it's the um, Amazon. With a less civilized um, people. Um, you know, they've built huts and houses for themselves. And he's like and he's sort of he's, he's sort of controlling them, but also letting them do what they want, um, but takes control when he needs to. And um, he, he seems like he's sort of the ruler there which yeah. is also a bit um, hypocritical of, you know, what he's praising to these other Eternals um, of having control and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, obviously uh, the Eternals are disbanded for like hundreds of years and then with the threat of Arishim and the emergence where a Celestial might be born out of the Earth. Um, and, and, how, that- and how that emergence is working, um, obviously a massive spoiler, but... You've probably seen the movie if you're listening on. Um, it has to have about five billion people on Earth to be able to, to wipe out. Because um, it needs all that. It needs life their energy. their life and energy to you know build a, a new celestial and birthing from Earth's core. Yeah. So with that impending doom, uh, they obviously go to Druig in Amazon to get him back. Um, and a fight scene breaks out, and I thought that that was really cool. It's probably like a ten minute action scene. Um, you see everyone's um, different powers involved. Yeah. The deviants, um, the action to kill shots, them. filmed the cinematography in it. Um, it, it it's amazing. Um, Kingo goes full force there. You get to see him. Yeah, you know, using his powers to his full effect. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Karun is like filming <laughs> in yeah. the background. Karun, that that comedic relief of Karun there, that was great. Yeah, so. Uh, for context, uh, Karun is filming a documentary for Kingo because he's a Bollywood actor um, and he's <laughs> filming these fight scenes that are like putting him in danger. He's not concerned for his safety whatsoever. <laughs> no, he's got like... Kingo's telling him to get out of the way, drop the camera and he's like, no, sir, no, sir. <laughs> yeah, and he's he like breaks a, a camera and he's got like three other backups. So it, it is very funny. It's a great scene. The post credit scenes, which we'll get into, they were really uh, good. They have a lot of implications, uh, but we'll touch on those later. Um, and then just lastly, I thought it was an interesting point. So as Angus said, celestials need a lot of life energy and like creatures or organisms um, to be killed, to be able to be born. 
And in saying that, it kind of had some implications for Thanos' plan to wipe out half of all living things um, because if he stopped, um, you know, the overpopulation of uh, his planet and other planets, then uh, Celestials wouldn't be able to be born. It sort of delays It delays them being born. By by halving population, you're probably delaying a Celestial being made for another million, billion years. Yeah, so it was interesting that, maybe Thanos' plan was to stop that because, you know, he was obviously trying to stop that process. But I thought that that was a really interesting part of the movie as well. And and being a massive Marvel nerd, I do a lot of reading and watching videos, obviously. Yeah. Um, and if, if anyone didn't know this, Thanos is actually um, half deviant. So he's actually the opposite of what an Eternal is, but yeah. only half. Um, so to some degree, you know, he comes from Celestials. He's built in the same realm as Celestials because they're all connected Celestials, Eternals and Deviants. So he would know what is going on there. Um, so maybe he had that ulterior motive of halving population across the universe to, mm. to prevent what these higher power Celestials are doing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now let's get into the <laughs> more like bad parts. Um, obviously, we mentioned that there was a lot to get through, so that's understandable. Um, but with that kind of came that sort of rushed element um, and a few things that maybe weren't needed. So let's unpack them. First thing that I really wanted to say, I was like, I, I wrote it down on my phone as it happened uh, in the movie. So <laughs> there is a lot of like stupid, not needed dialogue in this movie. The one that really annoyed me was so early in the movie, uh, Deviant shows itself in London. Its, and hand, its hand gets, cho- gets it, chopped its off. Its hand gets chopped off. 
And we can clearly see that it's healing itself, right? Its hand comes back on and like sticks together. And then Sprite, the like teenage eternal character, goes, Did it just heal itself? No, I saw I saw you grimace. I that was part. like, we you turned not- to you turned to the side to me and just, just shook your head. <laughs> I was just like, we did not need that. Like, this is where like bad movies just overdo it in the dialogue. And like the audience clearly knew that. Um, you know, it healed itself and stuff. So there's a lot of just explanatory dialogue that I thought was, was pretty overdone. And it comes from um, Ajax's powers. So Ajax has healing powers and, um, you know, we, we later in the movie find out that Ajax has been killed by the Deviant. And so I sort of figured it out immediately before Sprite even said that, that, you know, maybe that Deviant has, has absorbed Ajax's powers. Yeah. Um, and they and they have the ability to do that. But, you know, Sprite, just let me know that it did heal itself. <laughs> just, had to, just had to double, like, tell us. Um, and then in saying that, I think some of the jokes um, from some of the characters were a bit overdone, as we said. So Chloe Zhao is really good at making emotions really come out on the screen. Um, and I think that sometimes those really nice moments were ruined by like a joke straight away. Like, um, you know, in the Amazon at Druig's place, um, Cersei, who's one of the more like mature, you know, like, uh, she's kind of like very elegant and like, she, she holds herself well, but then her phone is ringing and it's like, like, you definitely don't have service here. Yeah. Like you don't have service. Your phone's ringing like during this like conversational scene. Yeah. Like. It's not funny. Like, <laughs> get rid of it. So stuff like that, I thought it just wasn't needed. Then also, like, in the third act where they're trying to stop the emergence, some of the uh, Eternals are on uh, Cersei's side, but some of them are on uh, Icarus's side. Kingo just, like, he said that he was, like, neutral and didn't want to take sides. And then he's just not in the third act. Like, yeah, he left. He said he, he was, left. You know, going probably going back to Bollywood to to film some stuff. <laughs> but like, he just wasn't there. And he, like, I was expect I was, every every couple of minutes, I was expecting him to pop out and yeah, you know, help um, fight Icarus's side of the things. Um, but yeah, the, yeah, and it was just, so weird. It was it was really weird. one of the bigger you know characters and actors in the film too, and he mm. just wasn't there. Yeah, in the last act. So that was that was quite weird. Um, and in saying that, so the Deviants are like the villain for most of the movie and then it turns out that they're actually trying to stop these emergences of uh, Celestials and, uh, you know, in the last act, this the main Deviant has like evolved quite a lot. Um, it's even able to speak now. But then it just died so easily, like they killed it and that was it. Like I never felt like there was much like impending um, sort of doom with the there wasn't much threat from these deviants no, the whole time they like, sort of just were were like speed bumps that came along every 20 to 30 minutes yeah. in the movie for the, just to annoy these eternals in their you know ultimate goal literally so i thought that, that was like they they started developing it but then it just kind of fell away and then i thought that sprite and icarus so sprite's like been uh She's been made as a um, teenager and she, because of that, she felt that she could never like be in love with someone because, you know, she's stuck in that sort of younger age and she has feelings for Icarus that came out of nowhere. What did you think about that part, Angus? It, it, it's awkward. It's, it's awkward to watch on, on screen. As much as you know that she's, she's you know, thousands of years old, um, 
it's it's weird to see that dynamic play out. Yeah. Um, and, and it and it did come out of nowhere as well. Um, Icarus sort of brushed it off. Um, and then also all the other Eternals sort of like they like knew that she she loved him. Yeah. Um, and were accepting of it. Obviously, like they're this, they're the same age, but mm. um, yeah, very very weird. And and she just sort of showed her undying um, loyalty to him by going straight to his side and yeah. Um, you know, putting up a fight at the end. For sure. Um, and then because of that, she's really passionate about Icarus. She's on Icarus's side and she stabs Cersei, like as she's trying to stop um, the uh, Celestial being born. And then like at the end of the movie, Cersei just forgives Sprite like and uh, lets her become a human. Like you just got stabbed by your friend of like thousands of years and you just immediately forgive her. I thought that that was pretty... Random. It was just like brushed and <laughs> brushed under the rug, like straight after. Yeah, but it is a good form of forgiveness, I guess. You know, giving her the life that she's wanted. Yeah, that's true. Most of the time. Um, and yeah, did she take away her powers and let her oh, go? Let live her age. Yeah. A children's life. I think so. Yeah. yeah. No, no. I think she still has her powers, but she she can age. She can age now, so she's gonna die. Yeah. So in Cer- like Cersei's pretty years. powerful. She can. She she's literally removed some sort of binding yeah. force on um, Sprite for sure. Um, and then so uh, obviously Icarus's plan to stop the emergence fails um, and they trap the celestial like in the ice. Um, and then Icarus is like so off himself. That, and he has because, a tantrum. Because his name is Icarus, which is like a Greek myth. He follows his namesake. He follows his namesake and just flies into the sun. I thought that that just wasn't needed. Like That shocked, that shocked me. Um, you know, I saw Richard Madden coming into the... The MCU, yeah, as a great actor, um, he could have redeemed himself. Well, after yeah, it. he he he's in the Bodyguard, does well in that. He's, yeah, great actor. He's in um, he's in Rocket Man as well. Yeah. Um, Game of Thrones, of course, um, with Kit Harington, who's in the movie too. And so I was like, yeah, Richard Madden's coming in. He's going to be a great character playing mm. playing forward into these you know f- uh, next few phases of Marvel. Yeah, no, nah, he, he's gone. <laughs> he's dead. He's flown into the sun. <laughs> yeah. I saw him for an hour and forty five minutes, and he's gone. <laughs> yeah, so that was like. I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Obviously, a sad moment. Like he's 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 uh, flown into the sun there. But um, yeah, really interesting. Let us know your thoughts there. Now, obviously, the biggest like part of uh, Marvel movies are the post credit scenes. This is one of the biggest um, Phase Four movies to come out so far. So going into these post credit scenes, you knew that something big had to happen. Now, there's two post credit scenes. We'll talk about the first one. So uh, I think they were both equally as good as each other. Oh, definitely. They both have huge implications. Uh, let's talk about the first one. So Kid Harrington's character, Dane Whitman, we obviously kind of get alluded to that he has this family history. Um, we know from the comics he is the Black Knight. We already knew, you know, when his role had been announced, you know, that Kid Harrington was playing yeah. Dane Whitman, but they actually listed him as Black Knight on IMDb and mm. um, just when you type him in on Google. So we already knew that was happening, but yeah. in this movie... You know, there was no real progression into how he was going to become it. For sure. Um, And so he gets given this box. Uh, He's opening the box um, and it's a huge sword that kind of has like life to it. He puts his fingers close to it and it's like reaching out. It's got this weird black substance, like a weird film layer Mm. over the top of it that sort of reaches towards him as his hand reaches towards the blade. And it has like a um, saying in like Latin that he says... And then towards the end of the scene, uh, we hear this voice speak to him like, are you sure about 
he said it says like are, are you sure about picking that up or something and from first thought i thought it was like um samuel jackson nick fury but upon analysis, who do we think that it is, Angus? And research, you know, I leave these movies, I go straight onto <laughs> Straight Google, into the analysis. Straight onto YouTube <laughs> and, you know, looking up all these theories. Um, yeah. And we have found out that it could potentially be Blade. Yeah, played by Mahershala Ali. Um, and, you know, they could and be we, like and we know Sword that Brothers. Blade has been announced to be, you know, in these next few yeah. phases. So and definitely a bit of a, um, you know, team up between them two potentially looming. Yeah, for sure. And when the Eternals got announced at Comic-Con, while those actors were all on stage, uh, Kevin Feige also announced Mahershala Ali as Blade while they were on stage as well. So I think that there could be a connection there as well. Probably <laughs> reading a bit into that, but anyway. You know, we love to look further into these things yeah. and get our hopes up. Yeah, for sure. Then the next one is, uh, so we're with Druig and some of the other Eternals. They haven't heard from... Uh, the other Eternals who've been taken by um, the Celestial and they're on their ship and then uh, we kind of like see this like um, flashing thing that someone's coming aboard the ship and I had no idea who was going to come <laughs> and this is huge. I'd seen something about this on Instagram, it sort of spoiled to me, but then I, I was like, oh, this can't be true at all. Yeah. Um, and I who thought it comes was just a massive screen? meme. Um, who comes on screen? Uh, no other than One Direction's own <laughs> Harry Styles. Yeah. And I was like so shocked. I don't think I'd seen that spoiler yet. Um, and I was like, oh my God, like what? And he has his like sidekick Pip uh, who announces him as Thanos's half brother. Yeah. And a few other titles as well, which sort of went over our heads. But yeah, Thanos's half brother sticks yeah. out. Yeah, for sure. And he then introduces himself as an eternal. He has one of the like balls, um, and, the, and the balls that he has is actually for the for like the lead eternal of a group. Mm. Um, so Cersei has hers, which is passed on by Ajax, who was a yeah. previous leader, and then he shows his balls. So it, it kind of indicates to them that you know he he's a big player. Yeah, for sure. So I think Harry Styles' first uh, film. Um, appearance was in Dunkirk. I really liked him in that, but he didn't say too much. So I, thought, I thought he was good. And was I've good. talked to a few of my mates about this who are Marvel fans and have obviously seen Dunkirk too. And thinking about Harry Styles in the MCU going forward, um, his role in Dunkirk, as you said, he doesn't say many words, but his facial acting and uh, physical acting is is very good. And he's obviously a, an entertainer. Yeah. Um, so he's going to put 110% into, into these movies. For sure. I, I really like it. I'm keen to see what he brings. Um, so I'm really keen to see what happens there. Um, and I think, so his character uh, is Thanos's half-brother um, and his comic book name is Star Fox, is that right? Yes, and his Eternal's name is Eros. Yeah, so he, he might even be in other movies. Um, you know, there's talk of potentially him being in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I just think, you know, bringing him into it and this Pip character too, he looks very weird. It's like a little hobbit slash goblin, type, goblin yeah. guy. Um, I feel like I, I look at that and I go, okay, Guardians 3 linkage. I go, yeah. well, this is going to be a lot of movies going forward that are going to be in the cosmic space. Yeah. So it's got to be really um, I, I think we'll see him in at least two or three more appearances. For sure. And, you know, in saying all of that, um, and with those implications, I think that the MCU has really started to open up. Um, you know, the fact that there are all these Eternals spread across not just Earth, but all these other planets, all these other galaxies, it's really opened up a lot of possibilities. So really keen to see what happens uh, with the MCU going forward. The next movie 
coming out is obviously Spider-Man. It's no the most, an- most anticipated movie of the year. Yeah, oh, my goodness. for sure. It's going to like be insane. And the trailer just announced recently. So that was really good. Now, just finally for some last other predictions, I wanted to get some thoughts from some people from the Cinemates community. So we've started a mailbag where people can send in their thoughts and predictions and potentially have them heard on the podcast. So for our first ever mailbag, we've got Matt. Uh, So let's hear what he's got to say about Eternals and the MCU going forward. Hey boys, uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, prediction for the Eternals and the MCU is regarding uh, Dane Whitman um, and the Black Knight character. At the, in the mid-credit scene, they've got um, Blade um, having a little cameo, which is pretty cool. So I think there's going to be a real big crossover between um, the Black Knight movie and Blade um, coming in the future. Thanks, boys. Wow, that is really interesting. I think there's definitely, you know, so many places the MCU can go from here, Matt. So uh, I guess we'll see what happens uh, in the upcoming releases. You know, there's Hawkeye, new uh, series coming out on Disney Plus soon in December, as well as uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. So definitely some good takes there and we'll see what happens. Yeah, a couple, yeah, amazing takes there. Okay, so this is a bit of a bit of a story I just wanted to share with the Cinemates listeners. So, um you know, it's always hard to recommend friends to watch movies and new TV shows. Um, and a lot of my mates have been recommending Yellowstone to me for years. Um, so it's come out in, I think, like 2018. Season four is currently out, new episodes every week. Um, and I don't know why, but I just turned my nose up, up at it for ages. You know, they're like, oh, it's so good. but And I'm like... It's about a family and their farm. Like, what could possibly happen for four seasons? Like, anyway, so I, I turned my notes up at it, didn't watch it for ages, and I finally tried it, um, you know, a couple months back, watching the first episode. And I watched it for 10 minutes, and I just really didn't like it, and I turned it off. <laughs> um, and so then, like, season four came out recently, Um, and everyone's talking about it. So I thought, you know, I've got to give it another try. And since giving it another try, I'm now three seasons in. I'm so hooked. How many days? Uh, Literally one week. (laughs) I know, it's a disgrace. Um, But, you know, Yellowstone is so good. Shout out to Rip. Uh, He's the best. Um, But uh, you've sold me now. I think I'm going to have to get into it. Yeah, you've got to watch Yellowstone. But anyway, the, the, the moral of the story is because I was so wrong about Yellowstone, and I was, you know, being fussy, being a bit stubborn. Um, I wanted to start a segment where people from the Cinemates community, from the audience, can recommend a TV show or movie that I haven't seen yet through a 30-second elevator pitch. So they'd send in an audio recording, uh, do a 30-second elevator pitch of something they recommend that I haven't seen yet, and then I'll give it a try and I'll give my verdict in the next episode because I was so wrong about Yellowstone. I want to be wrong about other things and blown away by other things. So Great idea. For the first ever uh, Cinemates elevator pitch, we've got my mate Tom. Uh, he'll have 30 seconds on the clock. So let's hear his pitch. Hey, Michael. Loving the new podcast. Uh, I wanted to do an elevator pitch on the movie Burnt starring Bradley Cooper and Sienna Miller. Um, it follows Adam Jones, a once top chef in Paris who fell off the wagon with drugs and alcohol, ultimately destroying his career, who returns to the scene in an attempt uh, for redemption and to earn his third Michelin star. 
with a pretty all-star cast and a great plot, and in my opinion, one of Bradley Cooper's best performances, it should definitely go on the watch list. Let me know how you like it. Wow. Okay, burnt. Um, to be you, honest, you haven't seen burnt. I ha- I haven't seen the whole thing. I've like turned it on. Um, You're a harsh critic. I know. Turn it on and turn I know. It off, What's wrong with me? I'm a weirdo. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen the whole thing. Um, and you know, that's interesting. I think best performance of Bradley Cooper's career. We'll I see. I wouldn't go as far to say that. Look, he's got Silver Linings Playbook up there as well. Yeah. Um, but but I have seen it personally, and I, I would put my stamp of approval on on that elevator pitch as well. Um, okay. And and just the aspect of it being um, him being a chef um, and a very, very high-profile chef at that, mm. um, you, you get to see some seriously emotional yeah. scenes. I did hear that he learns to, bec- like, to become a really good cook to play that role. Um, so, yeah, we'll see if I get past 10 minutes with, with Burnt. Uh, thank you, Tom, for the elevator pitch, uh, and we'll see how we go, and I'll give my thoughts uh, on the next episode. Uh, so that's a wrap for the Eternals episode with Angus. Thanks so much for coming on. Amazing. Hope it's you enjoyed great. it. Uh, we, as we said earlier, you know, we're massive Marvel fans. We've seen heaps of them together. It was good to, uh, break Eternals down, good parts and bad parts. Mm, We Um, essentially always do this like every time anyway, just in in the car park after the movie. (laughs) Exactly. Um, so we hope you guys enjoyed it. Well, obviously, uh, there's more Marvel movies to come, so we might even bring Angus back on for one of them. Mm, We'll definitely be seeing Spider-Man together. There's no doubt about that. Definitely. Cannot wait. Uh, so thanks for listening in for this episode of Cinemates, a uh, podcast where a bunch of mates chat about cinema over some drinks. The Moondog Lagers were good. What did you think? Very smooth. I'm a, I'm a lager man. Yeah. So yeah, pleasure having these this afternoon while, while awesome. recording. And it wasn't even an ad. So, you know, go try a Moondog Lager. Uh, so thanks for listening in to this episode of Cinemates. Uh, we've had a blast. If you haven't already, follow along on uh Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're releasing to all the major platforms. Uh, Leave a review if you like. Let us know what you thought. And let us know what you'd like to hear about next. We're not just doing uh, new releases. We'd also love to do old ones. So if you want to hear me and some mates chat about other productions, let us know. Uh, Otherwise, you can check out at Cinemaze underscore for more Cinemaze content and as well as the Cinemaze YouTube channel. And we'll see you for the next episode. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Cinemates. If you enjoyed it, you can follow us and leave a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major platforms. Also, if you haven't already, check out our Instagram and YouTube channel for more Cinemates content and let us know what you thought of this episode. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge Australia's first people as the traditional owners and custodians of the land and pay respect to the Camaragal people of the Eora Nation upon whose country Cinemates is based. We honour the storytelling and culture of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities across Australia. Also, in the spirit of chatting with mates, remember it's always important to check in with those around you, whether it's friends, family or colleagues. Sometimes they may be going through a hard time and chatting with them may reassure that they aren't alone. If you or anyone you know is ever struggling, call Lifeline on 13 11 14.